This is Sports Best on the Believe Podcast Network, where we believe in the best of sports, and that's why each and every week we cut out the worst and bring you only the best. Later today, we're going to be talking with former Major League Baseball player Micah Johnson about his new endeavor into the arts. Larry, what can you tell me about our social media? Where can people find us? You can f- not find us on the TikTok because we have not opened our account. I'm in charge of that. I'm going to get to it later, Andrew. Um, you can find us on the Reposted Podcast, which is every single day. Should I not be plugging that? Repostedpodcast.com slash sportsbest. You didn't really need me to ask you to do it because you could have just done it yourself. Well, maybe <laughs> I shouldn't ask you because you don't know it. <laughs> um, Andrew, each and every week, we like to take a look at the only baseball league around the world that is currently underway. It is time for our KBO update. Are you ready? I think we should change the name of this segment to the Man Rub Update. <laughs> Man Rub Update because the person whose team finishes the highest yep. has the, the other person, the lower team, yep. lower guy. Has to, I don't know if I phrased that right. The lower right. guy has to be the How's man. the LG Twins? How are the LG Twins? The Texas right. Rangers of Korean baseball. The NC Dynamo still set up top the league with a 33 and 15 record sort of running away with him when last we talked though andrew my team the new york yankees of the kbo had overtaken your team andrew the st louis cardinals of the kbo the lg twins well we swap it back this week the twins now back in a solid fourth place at 28 21 and the tigers are in fifth at 25 at 21 but the big news from the kbo is that the nc dinos are the top team but they're also the top team in terms of merchandise around the world kbo oh. tried to capitalize on this thing of them being sort of the real only baseball organization out there mm-hmm. and so they launched an english language version of their merchandise site and between may 14 and may 31st the dinos sold 400 items worth some 20 million won so they're the top selling team in kbo what does that translate to um i'm glad you asked andrew 20 million won is roughly $16,000. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is what I found the, my favorite part about this. The NC Dinos, they've found, they found particular support from the state of North Carolina because, see, they're the NC Dinos. Okay. So a lot of people from North Carolina want to rep the NC. Yeah, I would do that. If there's a, a TX team, I'd wear that. They're Tex. Is there, I don't know if there's a Texas, there is. Texas Rangers of the KBO like the LG Twins or the St. Louis Cardinals. The I got an idea. We, we divert our money to sponsor Kirk in the Peloton Tour de France, <laughs> and we buy a KBO franchise and rename it. We, by the way, we need to propose that to him. I, I've been text message, but I haven't said that he's, he's going to be doing the virtual Tour de France. He's got to be getting All right, well, he has to be interviewed before we do that. But, you know, Andrew, I love me a good bubble story. Mm. We've been talking about the NBA. By the way, NBA players are leaving Tuesday to go to the bubble actually in Orlando. So we're getting close to the bubble town. Oh, yeah, to start the quarantine? To start the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's some statistics now saying that it's going to cost $150 million to bubble the players. It's like a I mean, that, doesn't, that, that doesn't seem like that much money in terms of the NBA. I don't what? know. What? I mean, let's, I think there's something like there's 22 teams, there's 12 players on a team. Like to say that's. I, 500 people maybe let's let's uh-huh. just throw so it costs 150 million dollars to bubble 500 people that's that, 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 seems that I, don't, I mean that that's a lot of money but in a multi-billion dollar league to continue on that seems 
No, I agree with you. It doesn't seem like that much from an overall perspective, but it does seem like really it costs $150 million to bubble 500 players. That seems like a lot. It seems like a lot, but then you start doing like the Hollywood accounting where you're going to, you pay for all the chartered flights, which the teams are paying for. You pay for all the hotel rooms, you pay for security. They're probably renting the courts from Disney, even though Disney owns everything. Like there's, you're paying yourself and then hopefully it pays off and hopefully uh, people adhere and we get all the way through without starts and stops. Okay. So I'm changing my tune because if you've ever been to a hotel, the hotel Wi-Fi alone costs 10 bucks, right? So 500 times. That's, I mean, that's right there. Just the Wi-Fi alone could be 150. Yeah. That's an interesting concept in life that the more expensive the hotel is, the more likely you are to have to pay for it. Like I'll go to motel six free wi-fi i go to a ritz carlton 25 dollars a day is that just because they know they have you or like 25 cents to someone or 25 dollars they they know they have you and most people are traveling on business and they're not worried about the cost i think that's it because like once again someone stay at the ritz carlton that's like 25 cents to them where like free wi-fi at motel six i guess that's still free but i famously tacked on to my dad's trip to the Ritz Carlton in Vegas. And we went to <laughs> breakfast and I, I wanted pancakes and an egg. I really wanted an egg. So I got a side and egg. One egg, $10. Was it a good egg? No, it wasn't was a good egg. Average? Yeah. With the bubble stuff, are you, we, we kind of talked earlier this week about people following the rules and snitching. And I, I don't know. Do you think people are going to uphold the snitching? Are they going to Well, so here's the thing. Damian Lillard, uh, Portland Trailblazer, he came out this week and said, when people have 100% freedom, they never follow the rules. So he doesn't think that this 113-page book they put together, all of those rules will be followed in the bubble. He's saying publicly, it's not going to be followed. I mean, if you got handed a 113-page manual, how long would it take you to read it? It would would take me a long time. (laughs) Meaning you wouldn't. Meaning that I'm mostly reading the Bible, but, you know, I would maybe take some time away to read the manual for my work. I don't know. So Yahoo Sports decided they were curious what the baseball players have been doing with all their free time. Uh-huh. And they want to know, have they been taking advantage of this lockdown? And hmm. I guess I'll start with you. What's been the most positive turn in your life? Or what have you done with your extra time? C- can I share two? Yeah. First off, I feel like we started this podcast in the lockdown, so that's that one. Have, that would be one, right? Yeah, that's my favorite one for the record. Uh-huh. Um, also, uh, baking bread. Yeah, yeah, I've done well, a lot of baking. What type of stuff have you made besides English muffins? Oh, I can attest that those are amazing. Oh, oh, are you kidding me? Oh, thank you. That's right. Uh, I have made cinnamon rolls. I have made cinnamon bread. I have made Dutch oven bread. I've done every, the only thing, only type of bread that I haven't made, which I hear is really hard, is croissants. Can't, Ooh, I haven't done that. That is hard. I think I'm getting it very airy. Yeah. Well, they went through and they interviewed a bunch of people, and I found a couple of highlights. Uh, Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, uh-huh. gave a very vanilla, I'm in much better shape with my Peloton routine, okay. perfected my margarita, and binged, quote, some tremendous shows. <laughs> very uh right down the middle not committing to what shows he's watching and then the mlb commissioner rob manfred he's been running he used to play tennis in college and uh, so he started running four times a week he runs Uh two to two and a half miles a day which uh maybe one day he can get up to the 100 miles on the treadmill 
Uh-huh. Max Scherzer, pitcher for the Nas- Nationals, he says he's gotten a lot better at doing his daughter's hair. Are <laughs> okay. you has – your, has your daughter ever let you braid her hair? Um, she, Can you braid hair? I can't braid hair. I have braided her hair. I would, she would probably not let me braid her hair now. But she kind of really is to the point where she does her own hair. So nobody's doing any braiding. But um, I never really pre- – once again, when she was three years old, we weren't in the lockdown. So maybe I would have. Matt Scherzer. Hmm. Anyway, and then just throughout the entire list of people, a very common response was, I've been doing a lot of fishing. <laughs> what? <laughs> Baseball players fish. Okay. care at all who's on the cover of the nba 2k 21 video game generally no i don't oh. I, I i care about who's on the cover of madden because of the alleged madden curse but beyond that no okay well so they're gonna have three different covers there's gonna be three different people you mentioned one um dollar dame from the d skills d skills thank you d skills he's gonna be one of the people the big hurt zion williamson out of duke in the place for the New Other Pelicans. And Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas. Well, or Frank Thomas. He's going to be the second one, but they have uh, one more they're going to announce later this week. One more person. Do so you care? Uh, I don't necessarily care, but I thought it was great because people are trying out to petition to be the third person. Um, are you familiar with uh, Mr. Flavortown? No, who's Mr. Flavortown? Guy Fieri is Mr. Flavortown. <laughs> what? He posted on the Twitters this week a picture of him in a Warriors jersey hitting a three-pointer, and he's sort of lobbying to be the third person to be picked on the cover of the NBA 2K21 video game. That's amazing. I was thinking that's a bad look to lobby to be on it, but if you're outside of the NBA, I think it's awesome. Right? Yeah. I don't know who else, would, I don't know who else could be more hilarious than Guy Fieri. Fieri. Well, he's like a giant Warriors fan, and he goes a little – so he's, it's not like he's – completely like he's sort of in the nba vernacular ish uh-huh. he's not like jack nicholson he's not like drake he, he's not like drake jack nicholson the, th- like the a- toronto drakes the- i think a peek inside my brain is when when i know he's a big warriors fan i think it'd be hilarious to put him on the cover in like a lakers jersey that wouldn't be funny <laughs> that's not funny the laker fans don't want him flavortown flavortown bam no bam that's emerald do you know Emerald? Emerald Lagasse? Come on, bro. Please. Famously uh, got his start from the Commander's Palace in New Orleans, Louisiana. Have you been to the Commander's Palace? I have. Have you I had went there for Sunday brunch? Yes, same with me. That Bloody yeah. Mary was delicious. Yeah, and we did a second line around the, uh, the outside. Of they had a band, and we just started playing New Orleans music and marching around. The best, the best dish, though, for brunch at the Commander's Palace? What's that? Grits? No. <laughs> Bananas Foster, please, of course. Well, maybe I should go back to New Orleans and try it. Ooh, that sounds good. So did you see earlier this week on Tuesday that minor league baseball officially no! called the quits? No! I thought they had already done that, but no! it's official now. This is the first time in 120 years that they've called that off. Um, and the implications of not having minor leagues is basically there's not going to be a feeder system I didn't know until I, I saw this and read the story that the minor leagues are the, – the term they use is they're, they're there for instruction. So the, the story reads, 
where are the minor league players going to turn for instruction? And they're not. And it's basically um, a low-paid internship, the minor leagues, which I guess so, I kind of already knew, but I thought they made more than, than So th my question back is, what are the good people of Rancho Cucamonga going to do with their summer, the people of Toledo, if they have no minor league baseball games to go to? I don't know. They're going to have to go play some cornhole and join the CBO. Isn't – like, I really think this is a crazy story. Like, the fabric of America is basically like these minor league teams and these two yeah, big towns going to games, right? Yeah, the Durham Bulls. The Durham Bulls. Which, coincidentally, our, our guest later, Micah, was on the Durham Bulls. So, was he, what's this, was he at the same time that Kevin Costa was there? I think he was there uh, – like – they overlap by a couple of weeks. I don't think they actually played together. But uh, so they're talking that this minor league stuff is maybe going to happen in the fall, maybe going to happen in the winter, maybe not. It's all like very up in the air. And I know you're concerned on what's going to happen with their pay. The teams have agreed to continue their $400 a week stipend. So to put that in perspective, the range of major league payrolls the Miami Marlins has a payroll of $62 million on the bottom end, and the Red Sox are $214 million on the top end. So when you compare that with their feeder system, it seems like a very big, very big gap. So basically, minor league players are going to get paid $400 a week to do nothing because they can't be on any teams. Yeah. Okay, that's not that. I mean, okay, that could be worse. It could, it could be a lot worse. Um, that's $1,600 a month? Quick math. I mean, I'm just saying, like, but to do nothing, once again, it's not like they have to do something, but they get to do nothing. It, this would be tough if you're we're grinding away for, like, five years and hoping this year was going to be your big break in the minors, yeah. and then, boom, yanked out from underneath. Yeah. And then people are speculating, like, who knows what's going to happen next. The Meyer League, they're going to come back because – if they don't have this feeder system, then people are going to go directly to the show and be terrible. And it's just going to make the overall end product of baseball be worse. So I think right now it's a hiccup in the, in the timeline of baseball, but I think it'll come back. Okay, Andrew, I went to the Wikipedia page and Googled all of the minor league baseball teams across America. Mm -hmm. I have five teams. I made up some of them and some of them are real. So I'm going to read you a name and you have to tell me this is a real true Minor league baseball team. Okay. You ready? Yeah. The Chattanooga Lookouts. I'm going to say that's real. I know Chattanooga has a team, but I don't know the name. That is correct. There is a Chattanooga Lookouts team. Uh-huh. Okay, you ready? Yeah. The Inland Empire 66ers. No, that's not real. That is correct. They are an actual team. The Inland Empire 66ers is a minor league baseball team out there near Riverside, as you know. Oh. <laughs> what about the Dayton Dustbusters? No, nothing, nothing happens in Dayton. That is not a team. I made up Dustbusters. I don't know what Dayton's real name is, but it's not the Dustbusters. I made yeah. that up. Um, what about the Oshkosh Oatcakes? Oshkosh Bagosh? Oshkosh Oatcakes. Is that a real minor league baseball team or not? No. I did make that one up as well. That yes. is not a baseball team. And the last one is the Vermont Vice versus the Vermont vice versus. I hope real so. I'm going to, I'm going to strongly vote. Yes. And that is a strong. No, I thought that was my most clever name that I came up with. I like that name. That I got is... one for you. Okay. The Frisco rough riders. Come on, bro. Of course that's a team. Please. You can't fool me on my own game. All right.
I made this game up. Micah Johnson is a former MLB player turned artist. He was drafted in 2012 by the White Sox, but today he is the newest addition of the Los Angeles-based Art Angels. He recently had his first ever gallery debut earlier this week on Wednesday, July 1st, and this month Art Angels is going to be donating 10% of all proceeds to Black Girls Code, blackgirlscode.com, and also the Thoroughgood Marshall College Fund, TMCF. Org. Thank you so much for joining us today, Micah. No, I'm glad, glad to be on. Yeah, so I think your story is really interesting, and I've read some about it, but you didn't really discover art until later in life. I heard you got some advice from your Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts. Can you tell me that story? Yeah, I wanted to call it advice. It was more so like uh, pressure to doing it, really. I, uh, I had initially got called up in front of the team to – introduced myself I was a new guy I just got traded over there and then he uh asked me what I'd like to do and I said I'd like to paint for some reason <laughs> I think because I was too nervous to say play piano because I had caught on that he was having guys uh, do stuff that they said they'd like to do and I didn't want to feel like playing piano in front of the guys so uh I said painting and then he made me do that painting and guys liked it no matter how bad it was I think it was pretty yeah. bad and, then, and, the, and the painting was Maury Wills is that right yeah yeah Maury Wills yep Maury Wills, and some, some say Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, played a lot like Maury Wills. I'm sure you, he made a connection with you there. Some argue that, you know, you're now an artist, but some argue that sports is more art than science. Do you see the connection between your athletic career and now your art career? Um, I mean, both take a lot of time, a lot of sacrifice to be, be great at it, you know. Like, like with baseball, it's a lifelong thing to reach that level. With art it's still a lifelong thing to reach a certain level, right? Like you usually don't reach until you're dead. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it seems uh, like guess, with both of them, you can never, you can arguably never master it. Like you can never. always be getting better, which I think that's an interesting connection. Yeah. Never, never master it. When did Go you ahead. decide, or like you said you like to paint, so that didn't come from nowhere. Have you been doing that your whole life or? What's no, I never painted, man. I did, I did a painting with like, you know, like how you might do a painting or something. They made like a wine and sip class. But no, I never painted. Uh, so, never liked, so literally art. Dave Roberts put you on the spot and painting just came out of your mouth? Well, that off season, I did a wine and paint type thing. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was right before I went to spring training. And I thought it was fun. You know, I did like a watercolor landscape type deal. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I think that was just fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's hanging in my mom's house, actually, the watercolor. So you played for, I'm going to hold my, I'm going to take a deep breath here. The Rays, the Giants, the Reds, the Braves, and eventually you mentioned the Dodgers. And you've mentioned that you suffered with some depression and anxiety issues and that your art has helped you with that. Kevin Love recently came out, one of the NBA players, and expressed that he was suffering some anxiety issues. When you're like in a baseball clubhouse as a professional athlete, can you just not share that you're having these issues? Is that something you have to keep hidden? I don't know. It's a good question how it is now. I mean, that was two years ago. The world changes and perceptions change. Uh, yeah, you kind of do keep it on the hush because you try to, if you're trying to make it, right, like in my position, I'll try to make it all the time. So you didn't want them to have anything against you. But then what was cool, though, when I ended up seeing, getting help and like seeing doctors and stuff and the the rays were really helpful, right? So like all the way at the top, like Hein Bloom and stuff was um like really helpful. So it kind of paid off to talk to them. 
Another thing I, I saw that you said is baseball will always be a part of my life, but as a black artist, I find it imperative to ensure I depict, depict the raw emotions of this unprecedented time. Have you found that with COVID-19 that your art has changed or can you talk more about that? Yeah, COVID for sure, but more so um, the racial injustices that you are seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like trying to combine all that into a painting. So I did a painting that I'll be out, that'll be out there in LA. Uh, it was a painting about, it's about six feet tall of my, all my subjects are my nephews, but it's of him with a cape and um, uh, face mask on. And the whole point of that is these kids, this generation, you know, he's growing up in a world where he doesn't know what it's like to go to the store. He doesn't know what it's like to go to school or play with friends, right? Because he's so young. But he's also watching black people die on TV. He's also watching our president tweet videos of white power, right? Like his parents are very political people. So like they're very involved. And his dad's from Kenya and, and super intelligent. And, and my sister's really, really smart. So they're engaged. So, you know, they're around this stuff. And I think it's, they're going, these, this generation is going to learn a lot and they're going to be, I think the generation that's going to really push this into a better, a better place for everybody. And, you know, you grew up in Indiana, so I'm just wondering your connection with this groundswell of, of young people around the country getting together behind the Black Lives Matters movement. Like, what is it, what have the last month meant to you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad that it takes, like, all this time and all this, you know, people being videotaped for it to come to fruition because it's nothing new like, this is stuff that's been happening for year after year after year after year but it's i guess it's better late than never you know i think that we're relatively as a country we're relatively young and i think that you know we're gonna have to reshape things the way things were built you know we can't just rest on our laurels and say you know this constitution in these 300 years is who we are 400 years whatever so i think that you're going to see a lot of change and i think that it's my job as an artist, I, you know, to, to depict this. I think, you know, we, we have these historical references because of art based on stuff in the past. So nothing's going to change. People are always going to look to art for uh, references. I think that's interesting that you said your uh, nephews are a lot of your inspiration. And do you see a difference through their eyes of being young and more pure on how they're seeing the world? I, I saw that one of your paintings is, I think it's your nephew as an astronaut. Yeah. Um, him asking your sister if an astronaut can be black. I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, so he's four years old and he really likes science. That's all he does is science. And I only paint my nephews just because, you know, that those that's it's personal, you know, and I can see them grow up. I watch them grow up. I, I can hear the questions they ask, you know, and for him to ask that question at four years old is pretty wild. Like, that's no four-year-old should have think there's limitations on his his potential right that's kind of my 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 when i first started out painting him in the astronaut helmet the astronaut helmet is almost symbolic of you can be whatever you want to be like i i had a dream when i was three and i i did it right so like it's my passion to kind of ensure people chase their dreams like if i can do it like i was just a normal guy you know like it wasn't like i was born with some incredible gift i just worked hard and that's what I wanted to do, and I did it. Um, I'm trying to just trying to simplify that for people, and I think the astronaut helmet is a very simple, symbolic image because you know astronaut is like probably one of the hardest things to be. You know, right. but, pe- but people do it. All right, Mike. I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm reading that art is moving online to the internets, and you're connected mm-hmm. to this NFT thing. Explain mm-hmm. the next movement in digital art. What is this NFT thing? 
well, the next movement in digital art is just an advancement in technology where, where art, digital art can have scarcity and have value just because what that technology is called the blockchain. And the best way to describe what blockchain is, it's like a permanent internet. So it's uh, public information, everything's uploaded on there. But once it's uploaded, it can't be edited. So, you know, these, these photographs can have a specific ID to them or whatever it is, right? And with technology, you see a lot of people start animating stuff or start creating these, these cool kind of references um, that you can't do with a physical painting and all because of the blockchain. It's a cool, it's a cool, it's, it's, it's the future of basically all things storing. And what I'm doing with my art and how I use it, uh, we're building out a, a permasite, which basically is a permanent website that even, you know, you don't need like a, like if I delete, if you delete your, 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 your Shopify account, right? All that information is gone. Well, this is going to be permanent. And what we're going to do is take my paintings that have historical meaning behind them and store them on there so that these moments aren't forgotten. We're going to add video to the paintings and different um, articles, news articles, so that, you know, the idea is in 100 years or 200 years, you can go to the site and it'll still be on there. That's really cool. So I'd, I'd be remiss to not ask the question of, have you been in touch with any other players and gotten a, a sense on how restarting Major League Baseball is? Like, do you have a temperature on, on what the players are saying? Because everything we get is just through the news filter. Yeah, no, they, uh, they're excited. They, uh, they're excited to get back. I think everybody has that kind of like hesitation as these cases continue to rise and we don't really stop the pandemic, you know, like, so there's a, there's a bit of hesitation, but I think most guys are just excited to play um, and get that whole debacle of the negotiations out of the way. Cause that's kind of lets people, a lot of people sour. So they, I think the best thing is just to have baseball back on and hopefully everybody stays safe. <laughs> Okay, Micah, before you get on out of here, I pulled up the Wikipedias, and I have some career stats on you for your major league career. <laughs> it's a very few, yeah. Okay, what was, what was your uh, batting average? Officially? Oh, I, I have no idea. Not even the slightest clue. <laughs> 224. Ah, damn. Okay, how, how many stolen bases did you have over your career? Oh, man, another qu good question. I have no clue. <laughs> you had four stolen bases. <laughs> uh, they should have gave me the green light more. That's not my fault. <laughs> that is absolutely the Rays, the Reds, the Dodgers' fault. I believe in you, Micah. Yeah, yeah, I needed the green light. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again so much for joining us. Uh, check out Micah at Los Angeles Art Angels. Again, they're going to be donating 10% of all their proceeds to Black Girls Code and Thoroughgood Marshall College Fund. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, I appreciate it, folks. All right, that's all we have for today. This has been Sports Best. I'm Andrew Keller for Larry Olson saying thanks for stopping by. <laughs>